Erlen can sing well and does a good job, and she's strong. Did you see that? Able to hold a couple of kids. Well, good job, kids. Good job, worship team. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about Blessed is Mary. And it's a tough, um, it's the fourth Sunday in the Advent, and that's why we have all four candles lit. Um, we're recognizing that God's kingdom is coming into the world at, with the first Advent. And so I was thinking about how difficult of a passage this generally is to really share because I, you know, I think a lot of the limitation is because I'm a male and I think it's, it would be great if um, females were, were sharing this because it's talking about um, a couple of women who are pregnant. And it's an interesting thing because I was trying to think about, well, what, what could I possibly add to this passage that we're going to look at this morning because I, I'm used to just talking about what Jesus is doing or needs to do or needs to do like I'm judging him um, or what he wants to do in us or all these things about faith. And so I thought, well, we'll just take a look at what it means to be blessed, really. So I think that what happens is, if you're like me, I remember when I came to Jesus and I thought to myself, well, you know, things are going to just start turning up now and what will happen is I'm going to start getting financially well off. I'll start being able to um, have, you know, the white picket fence, if you will. Sometimes I tell you all that. It's not that it was really something that was important, but I just thought it was just something that symbolized that I had actually arrived in life. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody where you could just, you know, raise your children, you could um, show people that you have become somebody that you weren't before, and um, I guess it was a maturity thing. I always, like I said to you before, I've always thought when I turned 50, I'd be a lot more mature than this, but I guess I'm not going to make it. So, um, but anyway, definitely I always thought of being blessed would be something connected with uh, being financially stable without any worries. And this is really you look at our television commercials, this is really what most of the time we, we people in the United States, we're looking at. We want to be financially stable and all of these things. So when I came to Jesus Christ, I just really thought, well, you know, what will happen is I'm going to be well off financially. And I thought that that was a sign of being blessed. And so we have a picture in this passage, though, of Mary who was called blessed. And in fact, I think that in Scripture it just says, blessed and highly favored. Have you ever heard that expression before? She is blessed and highly favored. And so when I was putting this message together, I thought, I don't know how to communicate what this passage is wanting me to communicate. And I got to thinking about Mary. I'm assuming, I don't know for sure, but she was probably 12 or 13 years old, maybe even 14 years old. And I was thinking about how young she was, and I know my grandmother, I, I remember seeing a baby picture of myself with one of my grandmothers, and I, I kid you not, she looked like she was just a mother to me because of her age. She was 15 when she had my dad. And so she was always so young with us kids, it's almost like we were all, you know, we were growing up together, and I thought about Mary, and I thought, what is it that we need to know? And I'll be honest with you, everybody that's in here this morning knows the story of Jesus Christ, don't we? So she's blessed, 
And not only is she blessed, but she's going to be young enough that she's going to live long enough to see her baby boy put on the cross, right? I mean, she's literally going to see, I guess, the problems he's going to bring to their family because of his message. The family is going to want to go to retrieve him, get him back at the house so he doesn't create any more waves with the religious people, uh, the people of Israel. And in fact, she's going to be there when the crowd says, crucify him. We want Barabbas. So when I'm thinking about this blessing, I'm thinking that is what we are calling blessed. And that's one of those things that I think that I struggle with because that doesn't match the image that I had in my mind when I came to Jesus Christ. Because I just shared with you that I thought it meant that I was going to be financially well off. I thought it meant that I was going to have the good things of the world and I was going to have all of this respect around the community, all of these things. I don't know. I could be the only one that thinks that way. But apparently, this lady who was blessed, Mary, this young child, is being blessed so that the world can be blessed through her. So when I'm thinking of what blessing means, it has to mean something very different because I know what she's going to witness and the the tragedy that she's going to experience. Her greatest joy is going to be something that she is going to lose in her lifetime. It's stunning. I very often wonder if we Christians worship the God of the Bible because when I read this stuff, I, it just doesn't make sense. Because most of the time we want to talk about how good Jesus is, and he is good, but we don't understand the good that he wants to give us and how he's going to bring that about. So in regard to humanity, as I said, we're marking with our candle lighting God's kingdom coming into the world already, but not yet. We know that that is good. In fact, when we sing these Christmas songs, you can hear in the lyrics, especially joy to the world. um, If you were to sing the last verse, you know that it says he rules the world, right? Um, and, And that's what he does. So we know that we're saying that the kingdom of God has come in in some fashion. And that's a good thing for humanity. We get this. But in reality, as the kingdom of God begins to come for humanity and it breaks breaks into the world through us, it creates problems for us. Because we're blessed to share about Jesus Christ, which then... If you read the Gospels, you find out that the world hates Jesus Christ. I think that's why there's such an attack on Christmas. So when I look at the book of Luke, I'm thinking a couple of things. Luke is writing to someone named Theophilus. He wants to give the background of who Jesus Christ is, the good news of Jesus Christ. And one of the things I'm aware of is that Luke is writing in such a way that he wants to make sure that in that materialistic world that the gospel's being brought to, the world that says, 
if we're blessed by, well, we would say, if we're blessed by the gods, right, is what they might say, then we will have all that we want in this world. And that would be a sign to everyone that the gods are favoring us. Which in reality, what Luke is saying to the world is that if you are caring for others and not being materialistic about things, then that's a sign God is favoring you because your blessing is for someone else's benefit. And so in Luke, he gives us a couple of stories in the background as he's writing to Theophilus. He says, you know something, I'm going to tell you about two miraculous births. I'm going to tell you about John the Baptist, who is the forerunner to Jesus Christ, who's going to announce his coming. But then I'm also going to tell you about the birth of Jesus Christ, God incarnate, God in the flesh. And so when we look at this passage this morning, we're going to pick up on and and not be reading some that comes before it where Mary is blessed, and we'll kind of reference that. But Mary is blessed, but yet she's blessed to have a tremendous heartbreak at the end, isn't she? For our sake. So I'm just going to read chapter 1 of Luke, verse 39. It was supposed to be to 45, but I'm going to go ahead and read to 55. And it says this. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant." From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Remember what we said. But we know the rest of the story that she is not aware of right now. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Just stopping for a second to show you. You see what Luke is doing. He's flipping the script of the world. You see what's important. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So the first thing I want you to see this morning when we're thinking about how blessed Mary is, Elizabeth called Mary blessed because the Spirit revealed Mary's favored status. So it's an interesting thing. The Holy Spirit is also 
being introduced into this story so that Theophilus and those who want to learn about the background of Jesus Christ, they also know that uh, they're learning about the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's being introduced in such a way that he is feeling and he is living inside of people. And so what he's doing now is he is prompting Elizabeth when Mary comes to greet her by saying, you are favored. You are favored and blessed among women, Mary. And so the Holy Spirit is actually already showing the world, those who are listening to uh, maybe this reading at the time, they realize Mary has an important role. And if you were to read up in the uh, top of chapter one, what you'd find is Mary is highly favored and blessed because she is living righteously. Now, Luke is trying to flip the script, isn't he? And, and I showed you a little bit in what we might call the Magnificat, which means Mary's soul is just magnifying the Lord. You heard that, where it said, the rich are being sent away empty-handed, but, the, but those who are hungry, their, their mouths are being filled. This is God's kingdom in action because all of the materialistic things that the world has to offer, these are worth nothing in God's kingdom. And so the angel Gabriel tells Mary that she's highly favored among women, that God has seen her humble state because she's living righteously. This is very different than the rest of the world was living. In fact, she is actually, if you read Scripture closely, it seems that Mary's actually trying to live out the kingdom of God as God set before the Israelites. I don't know if you picked up on it in the readings we had, but in that Hebrews chapter, what should have stood out to you is God making a, a, a vital statement in who, who the author was of Hebrews, and it was this, and it comes from 1 Samuel, sacrifices and offerings were really not what God is after, Right? Because God is after obedience from his people. So Mary's in contrast, and this is what Luke does. He teaches in contrast, especially if you go on to the book of Acts, you'll find people who are filled with jealousy and pride while others are filled with the Holy Spirit. He's always teaching in contrast. The contrast here is Mary's in contrast to the rest of the world. She's blessed. In other words, she's being found with joy and righteousness accredited to her. I'm going to move on, but I want to say something about this. People generally, when they come and ask me to pray for them, it is because they've already decided how they're going to sin, and I'm just being honest here, and then what they're asking me to do is to pray so that they can have a clear conscience about it. And I'm going to tell you the secret to a clear conscience. It's doing what the Lord tells you to do. 
This is what brings righteousness. This is what brings blessing when we are, we are going to be favored and we are going to be blessed by God when we do what is right. So when I think of the Beatitudes, I know already that the Bible says in the book of Matthew, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will see the Lord. In other words, blessed are those who don't chase after the things that the world has to offer, but chases after the things that the kingdom of God offers while it's in breaking through us. Or he, the Bible will say, blessed are the, those who make peace because they are children of God. So in other words, instead of ch- making war and trying to take what we can to add to our stockpiles, right? What he's saying is, those who are connected rightly to the Lord can be called children of the Lord if they're making peace among their brothers and sisters. Because this is what it means to be blessed and favored in God's eyes. Let's look at the next thing. Elizabeth called Mary blessed because the Spirit revealed Mary's unborn child was blessed. Right? So we got the righteous thing going on with Mary right now, according to Scripture. Well, if you were doubting that and you're saying, well, pastor, nobody's perfect, you surely don't doubt that Jesus is perfect, right? So now we've got this righteousness thing going on. And so if you have this blessed, someone being called blessed, and blessed is the, the child that's in your womb, right? We know that that is Jesus, and certainly he's righteous from birth, isn't he? Because he's God the Son, God in the flesh. And so what's happened in this greeting that's so interesting, this is what Luke seems to be wanting to point everybody to, is that in this greeting, normally you would have the younger person going and paying respect and honor to the older person. I know the world is changing now, though, isn't it? That's not always the case now. But for those of us who know what it used to be like, right, it's, it was that way, the idea would be that we are to honor and respect our elders. But what you saw was that when Mary shows up at the house of Zechariah, remember the high priest who was in the temple and he saw the Lord and that's when Gabriel says, Zechariah, you're going to have a son named John in your old age. I'm paraphrasing. So he, she comes to the house, and instead of Mary giving honor and respect to Elizabeth, who's also with child in her own age, because of the Holy Spirit who is inside of John, who is inside of Elizabeth, soon as the Holy Spirit and John recognize the voice of Mary, did you all pick up on that? The baby leaped. And then Elizabeth pays respect and honor to Mary. I'm just going to say something real quick because I'm telling you, I'm trying not to get distracted here, but when we think of the world that we live in where humanity says it's okay to not carry a baby to full term by our own choice, what did you see in this passage just now? a human being filled with the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of his mother heard the voice of Mary and recognized somehow that this is the mother of the Lord. In other words, 
has complete awareness inside this mother. It's stunning. And I gotta be honest with you, I don't know how we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and the peace that he brings to this world unless we all wrestle with the idea that that kind of thing that, the, that, that we allow in our country of abortion is wrong. I don't know what, what other scripture could you actually pull up that's better than what we're seeing right now, God having an actual relationship with John the Baptist, whom even Elizabeth hasn't even laid eyes on yet, and God knows him as he is, and he knows God, and he guess what? Somehow he knew Mary was carrying the, his Lord and Savior in the womb. Stunning. I just can't believe, I, I just feel like I'm on crazy pills. I don't know how in the world people think what they think. But yet, because the Spirit of God is inside of Elizabeth, he's prompting her to recognize that even her king is in the womb of the one who visits her. And this king is the one who's ushering God's kingdom into the world. Remember what I said, Mary's blessed, isn't she? But we know what's going to take place. And I'm going to go ahead and throw in, by God's grace, Elizabeth is old enough to recognize, or old enough that she's going to pass away before John meets his demise. He will lose his life too. Two miraculous births in order to usher God's kingdom into this world to bring good news to humanity. Two miraculous births are an example here with a tragic ending in this story. It's almost like Luke is telling everybody, those who follow the Lord, those who make Jesus Christ their king, can expect to have extreme adversity in their lives. Now, if I'm Theophilus, I'm saying I don't know that I want to buy into this. But he better. Let's look at the last thing I want you to see. Elizabeth called Mary blessed because she recognized Mary's faith. This is really interesting. Because, again, Luke teaches in contrast. And if you were to go up and read the birth announcement of John the Baptist when Gabriel's telling Zechariah that he and Elizabeth will have a child in their old age, what you would see is a contrast here. You would see that Zechariah, although he is a high priest, or not the high priest, but one of the priests serving in the temple, although he knows all of the Old Testament stories that are written about God, that teach us about who God is, all of the Old Testament stories where there were miraculous births that took place, um, people became um, with, were with child that actually it was odd to see with child because it was assigned to the Israelites. Even though he was aware of all of these things, what he said to Gabriel in reply was, are you sure 
God can do this. Because we're, me and my wife, we're old. Are you sure? It's in that statement that Zechariah reveals that he's not so sure that the arm of the Lord is strong enough to do what he says he's going to do. So the contrast then is going to be Mary's faith, isn't it? Who at, I'm going to say 14, when Gabriel says, you know, you're going to be with child, she says, how is this going to be accomplished? Not whether or not he can do it, it's how is this going to be accomplished? Because she is a virgin. And he tells her, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And so the result of those two meetings is, is that Zechariah is not able to speak afterwards. So the Lord closes his mouth until the birth of John the Baptist. But he doesn't do that to Mary because of her faith. So probably in the materialistic world, right? Mary stands out and is blessed because she has the right type of faith in God. She doesn't believe that the Lord's arm is too short, and you hear it in her Magnificat, this little section here where she gives praise to the Lord. In fact, she says, you are always able to take care of your children. In fact, you do exactly what you say you will do, Lord, right? You are able to accomplish your purposes. And she said, here I am, I am your servant, You know how many of us sometimes forget that if God calls you to something, it's not whether or not he can actually do it. It's that he's going to do it. It's okay to wonder how he's going to do it, but it's not okay to think whether or not he can. He can. When Debbie and I were called to South Carolina and I knew the Lord wanted me down here, I knew he was going to do it, but I didn't know how he was going to do it. If I would have taken the approach of Zechariah, what I might have said is, well, I can't go down there until I get a job. I can't give up the job I have. I got I to wait here until I can afford to do it. In other words, I'm going to do it myself. But we came by faith. This is what the Lord does. If he calls you to do something, you are his servant And remember what I said, if you're blessed by God, you're blessed so that others can benefit through you the power of God's kingdom, which is exactly what's going to happen to Mary. I think that we need to reevaluate in Christmas time and maybe lighting the candles But even this Sunday, we can reevaluate. If you think you're blessed by God, and sometimes you hear people say, I am blessed, do they know what the responsibility is? Do you know? If you are blessed by God, it's because those who are coming after you are going to know God somehow through what you do in your service to God. Just like Mary. If you want to be favored by God, just like Mary, then you're going to have to be willing to be used by God so that you can help others know the kingdom of God. 
bring them into relationship with the king of kings so that they can see God's kingdom. If you're just thinking that it's because God has given you stuff so that you can manage it and do things as you see fit, you're missing the point this, this time, right? Many of us probably need to remember that Jesus was blessed, and if Jesus is blessed, he is standard. In other words, he is living righteous, and if we called Mary blessed, who is before the incarnation of Jesus Christ, that means that we can do what God tells us to do, and we can actually carry it through. One of my favorite authors is Dallas Willard, and he says something. Jesus never gives you a command that you cannot do. If you are loving the Lord and you're loving him the right way, Jesus says, I'll know that you love me if you obey my commands. If I'm actually your king, you will be blessed because you are at peace with me and your neighbors and you have this joy inside of you because you know that you have nothing to feel guilty about. If you are doing right by your God and your neighbors, then you are blessed. But if you're not, don't call yourself blessed. Because even if you have a big bank account, that's not what Luke is saying is a blessing. A blessing is those who are doing as the Lord says. Then we have this idea of faith, right? There might actually be some of you this morning who have a big challenge ahead of you and you feel that God has called you to do something. Maybe it is to speak to a neighbor. Maybe somebody's on your heart that you know doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe that's something that you feel impressed by God to do, but you seem to explain it away because you don't have this or you don't have that, right? And if I'm speaking to anybody, I'll tell you how I know. What do you think I do? But we remember what our faith is supposed to be. I don't know how I'm going to be successful in what God calls me to do. I just know that I've got to go and do what he says, and somehow I'll see the success. And it may be something that is going to be joyful. And it may be something that's going to be painful. But if you love the Lord, you'll be blessed if you do it. If your faith is like that, then I suggest you carry it through. You know what I think? I think if the American church started redefining what blessing is and started with Mary, I think the American church might be able to turn this country around. If we quit, if we were able to quit um, having this idea of what a blessing might be as materialistic, and we think that God has given us stuff, and we start remembering that it blessed are those who are meek, in other words, strength under self-control, those who are able to control themselves and those who are able to bring peace, that's what being blessed is. You're blessed then because then you are a child of God. 
we were more concerned to be a child of God in this world than a child of this world, I think people would turn to Jesus Christ. So I don't know where you're at, but right now with all heads bowed and eyes closed, I can tell you that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you need to meet him, then this morning is the time to do it. But if you have a relationship with Jesus and he's not really your king this morning, you're just using him to try to meet what you define as your needs and he's not using you, then this is the morning that maybe you need to make him your king so that God's kingdom can inbreak into the world through you. And if you have to have your faith strengthened, be ready. Because he's going to ask you to do something very challenging that only he can accomplish through you. If any of those three things, examples, are you this morning, if you feel led to come, come pray. If you just want to pray right where you're at, pray there. But let's ask the Lord to make us blessed like Mary and live righteously. Let's pray. Father, we come before you now. We're so grateful for your word. We've heard it, Lord. Father, we know that this new birth and this new beginning is not just for our, just simply about our individual salvation, Lord, but it's so that the world can find peace through us by serving the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, our King. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody within the sound of my voice that's struggled with anything I've said this morning, I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would be able to clear it up, Lord. If there's someone withholding forgiveness, Lord, I pray that they would give it. If there's someone that's not loving others back or loving others the way they should, I pray that they would love. I pray, Father, if there's those who are not being generous, Lord, and, and with the least of these, I pray that we are. Help us, Lord, to bring your kingdom into fruition, Lord. For it's in Jesus' powerful name we pray. God's people said, amen.